You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Uh, Mark, before you before you go, I did want to get uh, your thoughts on two players also that are having a good start with the Bruins this year, Providence Bruins, and that's uh, – Georgi Merkulov and Luke is a Toporowski. Is that is that his name? Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you do you see NHL futures for them? I mean, I know people want Merkulov to have a promising, maybe centerized position in, in the print of uh, National Hockey League level. Do you see any? Do you see an NHL future for these two guys? And if so, maybe what kind of ceiling? Maybe middle six. I th- I think they both are capable at some point down the road of being NHL players. Um, Merkelhoff is uh, the plays he makes with the puck, you know, will uh, you kind of blink and, and say, did, did I just see that? Did he just do that? He's like a rush. They haven't had a Russian uh, in, I don't know who was the last Russian they had that was really an impactful player in Boston. Sergey. Uh, Sergey. Yeah. Samson. Well, yeah. <laughs> It was, it was going to be Kokochev. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, but Merkulov has that Russian thing with the puck and offensively and instinctively in the, in the ozone that he just sees things that other, that other, uh, you know, maybe a Canadian or an American guy doesn't see and he makes plays, uh, the other thing with him is that kid is so driven to uh, to make it to the NHL that I think it's going to be hard to hold him back. He he just is really that is his focus in life is to is to be an NHL player, um, and he he's off to a great start down here. He, he's just so dangerous. Uh, and Toporowski, I mean, talk about pleasant surprises. A free agent. Uh, scored a lot of goals in the, in the Western league at, you know, he's not a, he's not a big guy. He's five, nine, five, 10, uh, but he can really shoot it. And he, and he, uh, he just has a nose for the net that maybe other guys don't have. Um, now I don't know what his role would be, where he would fit. It's probably too soon to, to kind of, you know, puzzle that out, but as an offensive player, a guy who can just really rip the puck. Um, he's been a very pleasant surprise. And it, a thing that's, uh, that's big with him is he gets inside. He, he goes to the front of the net. He, he's not on the perimeter using that shot. He's, he's getting dirty goals too, from, from two feet away. Uh, and you know, he's, he's got a, He's got a, a bit of an edge to him too at that size, which which will only help him, uh, you know, as he as he goes along here. Um, but I think they did it. 
it looks like they did a nice job. Boston did identifying him as a, you know, an undrafted guy aging out of the Western league uh, to grab him and have him contribute from day one in, in the American league. That's uh, that's pretty good. So I think both of them have, you know, good futures. Um, you know, I, I don't think there's, there's no guarantees of course, but uh, I, I really like what I see from both of those guys. That's good to know because those are those are guys that, I mean, obviously they come up they come up towards the end of this podcast. They come up like in flashes here and there, but people want to talk about Lysel and Beecher and McLaughlin more. So that's good to know, um, and and a, good to know that they are keeping up at the AHL level, and then hopefully there's a future for them in the NHL at some point. But uh, we didn't really get a chance to talk. I, sorry if we're holding you up because I know we're no. over time. Um, we didn't, haven't had a chance to really talk about the defensive prospects. Like, so Jack Sean is someone that's been in Providence for a while now. Um, and he's somebody that is one of those good puck moving defensemen kind of had been compared to Tory Krug or Matt Grizzly. Um, where is he at in terms of his development? Cause he's had more time. Um, and he hasn't been called up to Boston yet this season. He's, been up a few times in the past, but right now this season doesn't seem like he has much of a, there's not much space for him. No, there isn't. Um, you know, I think, I think Jack Ashan is capable of playing in the, in the national hockey league now today, maybe not with Boston, you know, but I think, uh, I think there's a place for him in the league someplace. I think, I think he's a, He's, you know, the size thing obviously works against him. Uh, and, you know, as far as Boston goes, you know, everybody says, well, they're not going to have Grizzlick and uh, Ashan in the lineup at the same time, two smaller guys. And that's probably true. They're, they're probably not going to go that way. But, um, you know, Jack is a just a really talented player with a puck. Um and he defends for a guy of his size. He defends pretty, you know, pretty well. Um, like I said, I think he's a. I think he can play in the NHL. Whether it will be in Boston, I don't know. Um, you know, there's kind of a kind of a uh, you know guys uh, guys in Boston ahead of him at this point. So I don't know what his future is with the Boston organization, but. Uh, I, th- I certainly think he's a, ca- a very capable player. All right. Well, Scott, Bridget, do you have anything <laughs> else for Mark before we let him go? No? No, all good. All right. Well, thanks, Mark. Thanks a lot, Mark. Yes, we really oh, appreciate you're welcome. it. Anytime. Always glad to do it. Hey, and don't have too much candy tomorrow, okay? All right. You have, have a good work week. <laughs> thanks. You guys too. All right. Take care, Mark. All right. Bye bye. Um, once again, thanks to to Mark for for joining us. The second time he's joined us on the podcast, first time this season. A lot of insightful things he discussed. Covered a lot of a lot of players in the Providence Bruins. Those who have got off to hot starts, cold starts, um, and just you know what their roles could be at different points throughout the season with the Bruins this year. What stood out to you guys in particular that we we discussed with Mark? Uh, I think it was good to hear him praise Johnny Beecher's play this weekend because. 
uh, he clearly was off to like a very slow start and not just like uh, the points aren't there, but to Mark's point, like to not even have a shot on goal through five games as someone who spent the off season working on his shot and talking about how, you know, that was like the area of his game. He wanted to improve the most was like pretty concerning to see from afar, you know, obviously unlike Mark, like I'm not watching every Providence Bruins game. A lot of them overlap with, with Boston games. Um, but nice to hear that he at least has had a much better weekend. Um, and again, they we're recording Sunday morning. They do play Sunday afternoon again. So, you know, if something crazy happens Sunday afternoon, we apologize for not covering it, but, um, but yeah, I mean, two, two games, uh, as a step forward for him. And obviously you hope that continues because like I said, like he should be a spot up now in the organizational center depth chart. Um, yeah, I think Mark's Mark's probably right that like Latiri, a guy who's had some NHL experience is probably ahead of him. And Kapanen has, yeah, I feel like we've, we never really talk about Yuna Kapanen. Like he's not one of the sexiest prospects, but he's had some, you know, he's been a good player in Providence for a while. He, uh, hung around camp a little longer than some other guys this year. So I think the Bruins clearly liked what they were seeing. And, it, you know, it sounds like he's off to a pretty good start as well. So especially with the Stanika trade and now Krejci hurt and, you know, it it doesn't look like Krejci's going to be longer term. At least they haven't put him on injured reserve yet, which I, I take as a somewhat encouraging sign that he wasn't immediately placed on injured reserve, which would have knocked him out for a week. Um, but you do kind of wonder like, okay, what's, what's the center depth now? Like if there's another center injury, like, you know, how does it start to look? So just to sort of get a feel for that. And, and Georgie Merkulov, you know, I think Mark briefly touched on, but like he, he's been playing more on the wing, which is interesting. And that might just be a good way to, to sort of break him in before you, you know, throw like all the responsibilities of being a center at the pro level on him as he kind of gets adjusted. So um, that, that was kind of the most interesting part for me. Yeah. He, and in preseason Merkulov did make some really crazy plays that I was like, I don't even know how he imagined that this was a move that he could make, but he, you know, he has some of these very pretty looking plays, creative plays, but also sometimes that put him in danger of losing the puck if he didn't pull it off right and and different things like that. I, I mean, I thought he was entertaining to watch. We got a short sample size, but obviously Mark gets a gets a larger sample size down um, in Providence. So, I, I mean, that, that was interesting. I'm glad you asked that question, Brian, because those are some of the guys maybe people, maybe our listeners wouldn't have necessarily come to the podcast to listen about, but it was good information. Yeah, and I think the the Luke uh, Toporowski player has surprised a lot of people that do watch Providence. And um, like Scott mentioned, like they're not readily available to watch, and we're obviously watching the Boston Bruins a lot. So yeah, it's um, kind of it's kind of stupid that they that the AHL is so impossible to like follow. It is impossible. I don't I uh, mean, like. Is there an I, AHL package is it online? Is that how you follow their? Yeah, game? I think it's pay. Yeah, yeah. it's it's interesting because like. I broadcast college hockey and that's very accessible. 
And like um, you most most leagues now are on like ESPN plus or like I mean Ness in here hockey East is on ESPN plus and Ness and yeah college true. hockey is way more accessible to watch than AHL hockey. Yeah, it's just you only catch it through like grainy uh, YouTube. I mean, I'm not YouTube uh, Twitter clips that people embed onto Twitter. It's like oh, there's a live sell goal. Yeah, my well, even then you're, it's a hockey game, but it's looks yeah, like and even then you're only you're only getting the highlights. So yeah. you know you're not get you're not getting. The information yeah. from, from someone like Mark who can talk about, you know, these guys all around games. Yeah, that's why it's very valuable to have someone like Mark on. Um, and Mark, we see him at the Bruins games, too. He's up, he's down, he's covering different things. He's covering college hockey. He's following the prospects in Boston, uh, I mean, in Providence, and before they get to Providence. And then once they, you know, do get a call up, he's looking at him. So he's someone who, like, he's that rare AHL reporter who's also like just following all the steps mm. through, through well, these guys' development and at in college because Mark's at a lot of Providence College and Brown games as well. So he's yeah, just, he's, well, he's a true true rink rat. Has everything Rhode Island covered? Yeah, to that to, to what you just said, Scott. Like he also covers a lot of the um you know U18s, U16s, U15 um leagues are in around uh you know Rhode Island and, and Mass, but um. Before we, 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 we touch on the, the Jackets game that the Bruins played, so do you guys think that Vinny Letary would be the first center call-up over um, McLaughlin? Or is, do they not play McLaughlin at the wing? Uh, uh, yeah, McLaughlin's been playing right wing from okay. the Providence lineups I've seen. Okay. Um, but he can play center. Yeah. Hmm. So it, it, it would probably... I feel like everybody in Providence is like, oh, they can play center, but we're playing them on the wing. <laughs> so they got... Brian, it was when... They were like, "Oh crap, we don't have enough centers," and then they just oh, had yeah, all the centers, right. and Did now they're he, like, "Well, crap, they have to become wingers." Was was he? Uh, yeah, yeah. McLaughlin was um, center at BC and for the Olympic team, right? Yes, that was his primary position. Or at least yeah, for BC, yeah, to BC, I guess. Yeah, he played mostly center at BC. There were times that they would move him and Jack McBain, put them on the same line, and McLaughlin would usually be the one that would shift to wings so um he had played some wing and then obviously last year in boston played you know i think almost entirely wing Hmm. interesting um okay so yeah so i'm losing track of days today's sunday so was it friday friday so the friday the bruins played the second of their back-to-backs we talked before the red wings game about how they had the red wings coming up and then the the typical scheduled loss, the second of a back-to-back with travel as the away team. And they just, they, from, I mean, maybe, maybe it wasn't the perfect game, but they pretty much kicked Columbus's ass like all game. Like, yeah, the Jackets had a few chances early on, but like, I mean, the Bruins just kind of like outclassed them in, in that, in, in a position where they could have easily lost that game. It's almost like they learned from the Ottawa back-to-back earlier this year on the road. But I mean, just another impressive outing eight and eight and one to finish the month. Just like another five goal, four goal performance. I mean, they're scoring goals and bunches and um, they're playing well defensively too. It's like not giving up a lot of goals either for the last three or four games. Sorry. Yeah. I think they've, yeah, they've, uh, they've really cleaned up uh, defensively and obviously another great game from Linus Allmark, who's now six Oh and O with a nine forty five save percentage. Um, yeah. I, I worked in my, uh, post-game column after Friday night's game, I worded it as like at least a scheduled subpar performance because the Bruins realistically probably could have played not well at all and still beat Columbus. Um, 
but it, it wasn't even that. Like they came out and and played great, and you know, especially through two periods, like they they doubled up Columbus in shots in the second period. I think it was twenty nine nineteen after two, and and obviously four nothing. They just had poured it on in that second period, um, you know, and you see so so many more encouraging signs like get another goal for Pasternak. Um, you know, he's off Debrusque the, had another the good game. start of his career. Yeah, another really good game for Debrus. The penalty Charlie kill Coyle's goes, goal was yeah, insane. They finally get a shorthanded goal, which their penalty kill had been lights out anyways. It's number two in the league and goes three for three. Columbus, by the way, 0 for 23 in the power play now this season, which is honestly impressive. Like, I feel like you have to try to go 23 power plays without scoring to start the season. Especially um, when you have Johnny Gaudreau. Like, he should right. at least have broken through for one when somebody didn't defend him. Like And like, Patrick Laine. Like, Laine didn't, didn't just step into a one-timer at some point? Like, yeah, I, I don't know what that team's doing, but... The the other thing too, I I forgot to I forgot to mention this off the top. I mean, the other obvious reason that they could have folded, not folded, but like just kind of packed it in a on a back to back. You go into Columbus without Martian and Krejci, and forgive me if you mentioned that, Scott, but I, I forgot to. But it's like, yeah, so it's a back to back. Krejci's out, Marshan's out. You you're going with these makeshift lines. It's just <laughs> whatever you throw at this team, it's like they're just. It's like all right, next man up. They they people say it all the time, but they're they're um embodying that it's just it's just it's great it's great to watch it's very impressive um so yeah it's uh bridget i don't know if you had any any takeaways from the, from the blue jackets game but well um another impressive in general another impressive performance from Allmark. i mean it, there's just not been drop off in in his game so far this year and I, I believe he got the game puck after that for the shutout um and he just looks so on top of it like it he's tracking everything the exact way he should be he seems happy which is great they're they all seem like they're really enjoying their time this year um and i think that him and swimming do push each other and that's why we see both goalies recently having good games in the back-to-back starts with swimming at home and then Allmark on the road. And I think the Bruins are in a really, really good place goaltending wise. Um, after that, Charlie Coyle scoring in back-to-back uh, games as well. That's really encouraging. You're getting that depth scoring from the bottom six. Um, and they're the two. Scored too. The way he scored Bridget too. Oh, they're so pretty. Both yeah. of those goals were as pretty as you could get. And I was just, you know, I'm sitting there going, Oh my God. But, and um, Grizzly, uh, you're getting some scoring from the back end. So Grizzly goes like bar down on his goal. And I mean, it was a, a lot of positives to take out of it, even though it was one of those weird games where it was like, all right, they're missing two of their best players and they're not traveling. And, you know, recall they're recalling Lauco up to the lineup. And it, it didn't seem like they missed too much of a beat, even with all of that going on. Nope. No, no, it's, it's impressive. So, um, if you, if you guys have anything else, uh, you know, speak up now. But if not, obviously, um, you know, best of luck to Melvin in his Thank costume you. contest today. Uh, we'll be voting for him if we can. Send us a link. Or, or... Okay, yeah. Again, as long as he's not up against Darla. I... <laughs> yeah. All right, I'll let you know. No, I won't. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, we're still not sure if he's going to be Baby Yoda or a lobster. Well, maybe. Or maybe if I'm going to put him in a sombrero. Maybe you can send it to Scott or you, or. 
one of you can post his costume on the on the account so we can take a look <laughs> yes, at it. Definitely. It's one hundred percent getting tweeted. Uh huh. One hundred percent. All right. Um. Well, that'll wrap it up for this episode. Once again, thanks to Mark uh, for joining us on a, on a Sunday, and um, we will talk to you guys soon. Thanks for listening.